0: fine let's narrow it down to founders if you're going to be a founder if you're a ceo you should be visible you should have something to say and you should be saying it and it should be visible
1: yes but once again what kind of founder are you and uh uh, okay from an external perspective Mm. if you're in investors for example you will prefer that the founder you invest in focus on the business rather than focus only on the um, public image. Like early stage startups, mm-hmm. they are busy and, you know, they may be um, like like us right now. We're working on our core technology. And uh, until we have something to show to the world, we are going to keep it low and keep low profiles out there on what we're building but because we're also busy just working on it right and so i prefer uh from the investor's perspective i prefer to invest in founders who are just busy right now working on it rather than spending all the time out there um on their own social media and spending all the day on twitter like um tweeting everything and anything they're thinking about
0: in this episode of noticing the obvious i have amandine flax She's been involved in the startup ecosystem most of her life as a community manager, growth consultant, and now as a founder herself. She's from Paris, lives in London, and joins me now to talk about the importance of personal branding, networking, and communicating. We talk about her live video series, Entrepreneurs Playing Games, that's video games. And we have a nice debate about how much of your time should you spend building your product versus the time you should spend talking about your product. Here's Amandine. All right, here I am with Amandine Flax. How are you, Amandine?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I am very well. It's been a while since we've seen each other.
1: It's been too long. I
0: think Mm -hmm. the last time we saw each other, it was in the hills of Switzerland. We did some work together.
1: Yes, and it was such a lovely time. I actually miss Switzerland. I used to go there a few times, and now I, I really miss the environment.
0: Especially now that you're stuck in a, a, an apartment in London.
1: Oh, I love London. That's okay. I really like the city, <laughs> so that's fine.
0: Okay, good. Thanks. Okay, all right. Let me ask you, um, when you meet someone and they ask you what do you do, how do you describe yourself, like what you do?
1: This is- Actually, been a been a big struggle for me over the years. So mm. when I moved to London and I discovered the community aspect of business, like going to networking events all the time, I uh, I felt a bit overwhelmed at first. And so thinking about how I introduce myself in a really short time that actually reflects where I am, what I've been up to, and where I want to go next, in like a thirty-second pitch, um, has been a big struggle first, and then I started thinking more and more about this. And um, for quite some time, I was okay until recently. So let's say right now, <laughs> when I meet someone, I focus on um, the fact that I've been working with early-stage tech startups for the past nine years in different countries. So I worked in France, in the USA, and I've been in the UK. In for the past five years now and i also highlight the fact that uh, i've been also involved in the startup ecosystem as a mentor and also on the investment side uh, being a scout but right now i am building my own startup uh, which is still in stealth it's called wild meta and we are a young ai startup based in london
0: okay so that's where you go you say that you you're building your own startup
1: yes it is yeah
0: that's how you describe yourself yes do you think it's interesting that today, as individuals, we we start to need like a personal pitch about yourself, uh, whereas before it was more about a company or a project. You know, you need a pitch, but now you need it for yourself.
1: I think it's an interesting concept, and uh, and is it good or bad? I I can't really I can't really tell, um, but I think the fact that people now have slightly more complex lives than they used to in terms of their professional life. Yep, so true. Um, a few years ago, like 10 years ago, or if we think about our parents, Absolutely. they had they had you just one have job. one job,
0: one title. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and they stayed in this job for 10 years. And, you know, they grew the, the ladder in their own company. And even if sometimes they had the opportunity to change slightly what they were working on, they mm. were staying in the same company for a very long time. Absolutely. And so... They were defining themselves with their job title. Today, lots of people have side hustles, um, side projects, or they are working on their own thing, or they're doing mentoring, or they're involved in in initiatives. And they want to talk about it because it's also part of their identity. Mm. So... I think it's important today to have kind of an innovative pitch for yourself because um, your job title may not represent entirely who you are and what you're looking for. So if you are involved in an initiative, let's say a diversity initiative, for example, and you go to an event to talk about it, then when you introduce yourself, you can't just say
0: Absolutely.
1: your job title because that doesn't reflect your, yeah. your interests.
0: Yeah, I notice that more and more. And you know what else I notice? I notice those who do it badly. Unless you can describe what you do succinctly, I wonder: does that put you at a disadvantage against people who are doing it well?
1: (laughs) Um, it it does in some ways, but uh, you know that doesn't necessarily prevent you from having a good conversation. It's about starting a conversation. So. If you're doing poorly, your your introduction potentially you're going to miss some opportunities, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have a, a bad discussion or bad start with the person. And mm. I think you know this notion of, of um, elevator pitch. It is also important to clearly state why you are here and what you're looking for and how you can potentially offer something to the person in front of you. Mm. That is the best way to start a conversation and a productive one.
0: Yeah, now I feel like we're talking about networking events right now, like an actual place with people. What about, do you not think it helps? I'm thinking a little bit more philosophically now. If If you can clearly... Even just look in the mirror and say in two sentences who you are and what you do, doesn't that help? You Because know, clear thinking will lead to a clear description of what you do. So, And if you can't define in a couple of sentences what you do or what you want to do, then doesn't that mean you're not thinking clearly?
1: I think it makes sense and it does make sense if your thoughts are in order, even if you have a a clear objective and a clear idea of where you are right now, where you want to go, what you do, Um, it definitely helps and it helps for everything in life. So there is no reason that it wouldn't really help on the philosophical aspect. Even if you want to talk to your mom and (laughs) she is not working in the same industry as you are, you need also to have a very simple explanation of what you've been doing.
0: Especially if you're talking to your mom, you need that. That's a good test. Test it on your mom. What do you do? Can you describe your mom in in two sentences? That's the ultimate test.
1: Yeah, well, I have to be honest. I will fail in this (laughs) test, but that's okay. My mom knows that I I just do stuff um, (laughs) with companies and entrepreneurs and that's it.
0: Well, that's why you should keep striving. You should keep striving <laughs> to one day be able to describe it to your mom. All right, let's move on to um so go to what we were what you started talking about before the co-founder now, you said you met your co-founder or you knew that you wanted to do something with him. you just didn't have the right project. I think that's that's a good position. that's the lucky version of it the unlucky version of it is having a project having a thing you really want to do but you can't find the right person to build it with would you say
1: yes i agree i i completely agree and actually i have met many founders who are in this situation right now they start working on their project, but on their own they they struggle, and also they struggle to convince other people to jump on board. They can they, they struggle just uh, coming up with an MVP, testing the idea, and just having someone to uh, uh, bounce back ideas is key. So whether it is a co-founder, whether it is first employees, or um, people in your network that are eager to just. Give you some feedback on what you're working on. It's uh, it's always difficult. Um, if you have the type of business that can start making money, um, that's ideal. Sometimes sometimes it's slightly more difficult when you're talking about uh, tech startup, especially if, if, for example, you are a non-technical founder and you have a technical um, idea or you want to build something that requires to build a technical uh, MVP first, uh, you're not going to be able to raise money for that on your own with nothing to show um, what you can, but it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, And, you know, I've been meeting lots of founders who are in this situation. and and I think today there are a few options to find co-founders, but there is still nothing that is like the thing to find a co-founder because it's all about humans at the end. So, you know, you have some, um, some programs like Antler or um, Entrepreneurs First who are trying to match you with co-founders, whether you have an idea or not, um, to start something together. But the thing is, you can't really force the human interaction. Exactly. So even if it's going to work for a few months, maybe it's not going to last or sometime it does. And that's great. But uh, finding someone you can work with and you are on the same page with to work on the long term, uh, when things gets hard, it's, uh, it's not always easy.
0: No, absolutely not. Now let's quickly talk about solo founders. Are we completely ruling out, you know, the chance of success for a solo founder if you don't find a partner a co-founder are you completely at a disadvantage
1: i I think that there is a disadvantage being a solo founder if you are looking to raise money Mm. um so if you're working on your project even if you have the skills to put together an mvp if you're pitching to investors it's going to be hard let's let's be honest simply because Part of, the, part of the criteria of investors is to yep. invest in founders that have the ability to to attract people. And so if you can't even attract a co-founder, someone to be involved in your business, yep. Yep. How, are you, how are you going to grow and to attract clients and grow your company massively? Mm. So if you're not pitching to investors and try to build your own company, on your own and uh, step by step bootstrapping then you can definitely do it um, it's all about the road you want to take and uh, your expectation and what you're doing
0: yeah it's a really great point and it's like in Hollywood if you are struggling if you're starting out as an actor you cannot get an audition for a big movie unless you have an agent and their theory is if you can't even attract any kind of agent somebody to believe in you then how are you gonna do the next required uh tasks so it makes sense yeah i've always been struggling with that thought like solo founders um but how you know how how long do you wait to find the perfect co-founder do you think have you seen people who go with someone who wasn't a perfect fit but then they became they grew together
1: um I'm not sure. I think they they are endless of possibilities. I mean it's a it's a foundation of human interaction. And so you mentioned something you said finding the perfect co-founder and that I don't think exist. that such a thing exists. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Um it's about finding the person that has complementary skills, someone who you want to work with, someone that can bring something to, to the company in some way, but there is no like specific criteria finding a co-founder it has just to fit your stage your um, expectation your plan um, your own personality and so there are endless possibilities so what you just described i think it's definitely possible like anything can be possible because it's all about humans at the end
0: Mm. cool all right let's talk now about entrepreneurs playing games
1: yes where
0: did you get the idea for entrepreneurs playing games like how did you come up with it
1: well i um, i spend my time with early stage founders and no one is really talking about their own story um so when i remember one day i was at this networking event and uh, the speaker a a woman who was very successful with her first startup was building another one Mm. she was extremely inspiring But she wasn't really talking about the early days. I thought, you know what, if you want to start your own business, there is not many places where you can learn about the early days of building a company. You have the theory, but you don't really hear from experiences. And at the same time, I... uh, Um, I was more and more fascinated by the gaming community Mm. and um, the uh, Twitch, the platforms for live streaming. So Twitch and other platforms. And I I myself, I am a a big viewer on the platform. So I've been watching um, streamers and I remember lots of people are very surprised. They're like, so you're watching someone playing video
0: games.
1: (laughs) They don't get it. But the thing is, it's not about the games. So when, when you like, when you enjoy watching someone on exactly. Twitch, you're actually following them personally. You like their brand, you like their personality, you like spending time with them and having this direct interaction. And so I thought, okay, in the business world, you don't really have much, this uh, this interaction. Like you have networking events, you have uh, Slack groups or WhatsApp groups where you can interact with people. But webinars are outdated. They are not fun to watch. So I uh, I was trying to find a way to combine both. And I thought, you know what? Let's do live video AMA. Uh, so we have a direct interaction. People can ask questions anytime. Like early stage funders, they are not used to talk to um, a microphone. Mm. They are not used to go to give pitches about, about their company, you know, even if they've been pitching to investors potentially. They're not like natural public speakers. And so they may be intimidated by just doing a recording and uh, doing something serious. And also when you stick to a serious discussion, you don't get the personal thing. Mm. You don't get the struggle. You don't really talk about challenges. Mm. And that's what I wanted to really talk about. So the gaming part is is here because I love gaming. And yes, that is an excuse to play video games, but also it is a fantastic way for people to relax. Like when they come, some of them sometimes are a bit stiff. And as soon as we <laughs> play video games, you can see it on video. They spread, they take more space, they're more relaxed and they start talking about personal things, how they felt at some point, how they uh, overcome a specific challenge that was really hard by then. So um, they're really opening up.
0: Talking about early stage founders and public speaking, I always wonder, like when I see people on stage at pitching events, when they speak really well and they, they have the passion and... You know, they look really natural on stage. I always wonder how much of that hides a weak idea or a potentially weak product.
1: I think there are different things to take in consideration here. Um, Sometimes the person who is pitching um, may not be the best at pitching. That doesn't mean that they are not good founders. And so it depends on why you're pitching and what you're doing on stage. Um, if you're not a good speaker and you're trying to get customers, yep. that's going to be hard and yep. that so is definitely good.
0: You should recognize yes. your weaknesses.
1: Exactly. So sometimes I have seen people going on stage who are not the CEO or CTO, or, you know, it's not the person you may expect, but maybe that's the best person to represent the company. Mm. And, but I'd say if you're pitching, for example, for investment investors should be smart enough to go over to see that.
0: Through it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you have a good product and you have the drive to actually bring people together and you, you may hire just the, someone who is better at you to do public speaking and to do marketing. I have been working a lot with very technical founders. Um, for many years I was actually in uh, in deep tech, I worked in, in various emerging technologies. And in these spaces you meet people who are not necessarily the best marketer ever. Mm. Um, And that people who are very technical and very passionate about what they do. But, uh, you know, you may not be super amazing on stage. Um, If your slides are good, if people understand what you're building, you will have people who will be excited about it.
0: Mm. Who's going to be the spokesperson in your startup between you and your partner?
1: Um, That's going to be me. Yep. mainly that's good <laughs> what well, my my co-founder is a uh, very technical okay. um and i'd say i've been in the startup scene for so many years now i know the people and i know how to talk to them and i think um unless we need someone who is very technical like he he's very good at giving presentation at explaining very technical concept to people who may not be extremely technical um so he may also uh represent extremely well the company but um let's say if there is a networking event between him and me um i'll certainly be the one going
0: yep and it should be (laughs) it should be you (laughs) Have
1: well, you- I'm spending all my time talking. That's what I do. <laughs> so let's uh, let's use that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So have you have you got your idea down to a few sentences? Are you are you able to let me hear it?
1: Yes, sure. So it's uh we are still very early stage and there is nothing out there yet. Um and we are still in stealth, but um since we've been starting talking about what we're doing to a few people, I guess we're not exactly in stealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not anymore. Um and hopefully we'll have a website coming up really soon. So basically we are building AI-powered bots for um, competitive gaming and esports training. So the idea is for people playing video games and competitive video games to train playing against our bots rather than playing against humans.
0: Love it! I cool. totally yeah. I I mean, super clear, and I totally got the idea.
1: Great. Well, that is great to hear.
0: Do you have any tips on how to um, get that? Those couple of sentences, your pitch down, really concise. Like, how did you get yours? Did you, do you write it down? Do you test it out? Do you record it?
1: Um, I'd say just start with something. Read it aloud, maybe. Look if it makes sense. See it somewhere written. Um, it helps for me. You you mentioned uh, recording it. But for some people, it may be the best. Not for me. Um, for really? More about I'm visuals.
0: surprised. Not for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: no, I'm more of a visual person.
0: Well, for me, it was huge. Like the ability to record and hear myself speak was huge. It changed. It changed everything. I would just record three sentences that I wanted to say before an important meeting, for example. Just saying it out loud into my phone while I'm sitting in the car before I get out and go into the meeting. I would just say three sentences that I I want to say in this meeting. Say it out loud. Record it and then play it back. And it's like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yes. i'm not supposed to hesitate during this part so it really helped me mm-hmm.
1: i agree yes if especially if it's a presentation that is extremely useful seeing even with a webcam seeing yourself how you how you delivering the message um some people may have some um, how to say that they may have some um stage fright no, I'm not talking about when you're moving suddenly and you you like you're doing something with your body. You yes, don't
0: do. yes, yes.
1: I don't exactly know the word for that, but basically, some people they don't really realize that they are doing something with their body. While yeah, I think it's just like a, a twitch. Something. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, if you if you have those bad habits, um, you don't really understand it until you see yourself. Exactly. And so sometimes just recording yourself can help. Yes, I agree.
0: It's huge and this especially today recording yourself is so easy i recommend that to everyone record either a video or your um voice because you don't notice these sudden twitches that you have physical twitch or even in your in your voice
1: and additionally i think Today, um, you are going to be facing a situation at some point where you have to record a video. Totally. Like every uh, new way of pitching, everything I see, especially right now, because everything is is online, um, people ask you to submit a small video. When you go into CEDARS, you need to see a video. And, you know, seeing the person, especially an entrepreneur, uh, seeing them really helps for Mm. everyone. It, It helps to understand the passion and to understand what they're doing and and just to understand better the message. And so it is very important. And right now any kind of application, there are lots of grants. There are lots of, uh, um, they all want to see video. Exactly. So starting doing short video of yourself, is something that uh, is important to learn how to do, but also to be comfortable with. It takes some time to be comfortable seeing you on a camera. Yeah. And so that is a good exercise also.
0: Tell me about your first time, your early days before going on camera, how did that feel? And when did you make the decision that you're gonna do this as a as a video, uh, entrepreneurs playing games?
1: So I have a friend who inspired me a lot. He has his YouTube channel. He has been doing uh, kind of uh, coding videos and videos for people interested in development, either they are developers or not developers. And so he inspired me a lot. He's actually pushing everyone to start doing cool. either the video or to document their work in some way. That's and cool. so when I started talking to him about this idea, he is actually the first person I talked to about this before launching the channel okay and it told me just because oh, let me so just cool.
0: let me just say when I worked with you three years ago was it I think you were still not sure because you hadn't started yet and I remember you you were telling you were not that comfortable with camera and you weren't sure about it so that's why I want to know like how you you're like you're super pro now
1: well I wasn't uh, comfortable on camera and to be honest I'm not sure I would be extremely comfortable on camera today
0: I think um, you would
1: be. Well, it's not about the camera now. It's, uh, it's more about the editing part. So I have been trying to do some videos on my on my channels and everything is live, everything I do is yep. live. Yep. I did two videos on my channel. I did the first one where I um, did a very short intro and I did that because I was going to an event uh, for YouTubers and it was before I did any video on my channel and I was like, I need to have something just to show what I'm, I'm about to do because if I meet people who are also cotton creators, mm. they need to, if they Google me, they need to find at least something like a YouTube channel. Yep. And so I did that. And recently I did another video and it was a very hard to shoot but also to edit because I'm a non-native speaker and so I am tempted to erase every single mistake Ah. like hesitation, mistake when I say a word and so it requires many takes. Mm. I'm also not really good at uh, memorizing and like giving back your text. Right. So I had my notes and I couldn't do it perfectly (laughs) and I hated that because I wanted to do it perfectly Mm. and to say exactly what I wrote. So I'd say I do it in a way, I do only live videos because you push a button. It kind of takes
0: the pressure off.
1: Exactly. Whatever you say, it is life. You can't so take it's it back. Too late. Yeah. Exactly. You can't take it back. You can't change it. You can't edit it. I did a mistake. I didn't use the right word, the mm. right proposition. Too late.
0: That is interesting because you would think most people's advice would be, you know, if you're nervous, yeah. then practice and get it right and script properly and learn your script. Whereas your advice is, yeah, yeah. if you're nervous, just do it live, Then you, then you can't go back.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, um, I think the interesting part for me, having a YouTube channel and, and going live and doing this uh, um, video interviews, the interesting f- thing for me is to evolve over time. So the thing is, when you start doing things, you prep your setup, you maybe invest in some piece of equipment,
0: mm. and you
1: prepare everything. But what I found very interesting is that it's always evolve over time. You always want to improve something. Mm. Um, you learn lots of new things. You end up watching yourself lots of videos about how to improve things. Mm. Even last week, I was trying to tweak my microphone to have a better sound. Mm. Eventually, it didn't work out. It was even worse. <laughs> but you know, you always tweak a few things mm. and uh, learn new things along the way, and that is the interesting part. So even if if you don't want to go live but you want to start creating content you should just start right now and anyway things are going to evolve right now if you look at your favorite youtuber for example
0: i'm mm. sure that
1: the first video has nothing to do with the video they're doing today Absolutely. because they've learned that's one and of my so- favorite
0: things to do is go watch people's first videos
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's so much fun, and you see the progression over the time. They may have, you know, the same type of setup for a very long time, and then suddenly you see that they invested in something more professional, maybe. Yeah. Or you know, they don't. You don't just wake up one day and you do a perfect professional video, unless it's your job and mm. you have all the equipment and the money you can buy. Mm. Um, otherwise, there will always be step by step changes. Mm.
0: And I love what you said earlier, Um, you needed to have something for when people Google you. And I think not a lot, not enough people are thinking about this. Like you have to be like, what happens? What comes up when somebody Googles your name? And if you, you know, you can control that, believe it or not. You know, you can either control, you can choose to control that or you can let whatever is accidentally out there to represent who you are yes so and it's not gonna be long it's not gonna maybe we're already there but one day very soon you are gonna be you are who you are online and whatever google says you are is who you are
1: well that's the first thing people do right mm. when you meet someone new um they not they don't necessarily um look for you on one platform specifically mm. they google you sure. and they try to find a different channel they can follow you on yep. so some people may be super active on linkedin but have no presence on twitter mm. some people it the opposite so you want to connect with people on the channel that works best for you and for them and actually today when you ask people um to, to just catch up or, or chat there are so many ways so many different <laughs> platforms you can use the question now that comes up is that what is your favorite channel what channel are you the most reactive on mm. and I have that all the time um, LinkedIn messages for example is not great the design it doesn't work out so- great and you always end up missing messages Mm. and so really quickly you have to direct people to the best way to reach out whether it is emails maybe it is whatsapp Um, so you quickly change um, the channels you prefer and that is the same for every social media what is the best way to follow what you're up to and that is up to you
0: and how do you like you amandine personally feel when you meet someone who doesn't have an online presence if you're being honest can you think of any situations and how you
1: what do you think um, it doesn't happen very often because at least the people have a LinkedIn profile um, I, don't, I, I guess it depends on the context, um, so I, I don't mind, I'm not going to judge anyone because they don't have an online presence, but I'm going to wonder exactly. like, what is, yeah, um, if I meet someone, quite often I meet people at networking events or through, um, through uh, Slack channels or other kind of uh, um, semi-professional discussions group, and so because it's semi-professional, you want to be able to find them at least on LinkedIn, right? Mm. So I don't, today I don't come across this situation where someone can't be found. Sometimes I can't find them because that is not the name. Like Mm. the the name they are using is not exactly the name that I I see somewhere else, Um, or I am missing something, or um, there are some people that are hard to find on some platforms, but uh, today I don't know anyone who is not on any platform
0: <laughs> but finish what you were gonna say you said if if that did happen you're gonna wonder
1: yeah i'm just going to wonder um why and uh and how what the best way to keep in touch with them uh, you know email is this thing but then um Quite often, because I meet people in a, in a professional or semi-professional environment, there is a ask for them, you know, um, they must be working on something or, or be looking for a job or be, lo- be looking for something. And so if you can't follow up with that, uh, other than via email, it, it just becomes tricky, right? Mm. It's harder to send an email to someone just to get some news, while it's easy to find someone on LinkedIn and see if they managed to get the job they wanted to get.
0: But here's my point. So uh, you put, like, somebody like you who works in this field and who meets a lot of professionals every day of her life. So now you're at a stage where you no longer meet anyone who, who doesn't ha- at least have a visible online profile, right? Yeah. So then my point is we're soon going to be at a stage where everyone is going to be visible, so then having that visible profile is no longer going to be enough. It's going to be like what do you say? What are you saying on it? So my point was it's not about reaching a global audience. It's not about being famous. It's about when somebody needs to find you what are they going to find? You can control that, right? You you need to you need to have content branding there, personal branding for the person who's looking for you. And that also applies to companies, you know, whether you're an individual or a company. Whenever people search for you, what are they going to find? You have to control it. Otherwise, it's just going to be accidental. It's going to be random. And it's going to be something that Google throws up. If you haven't put anything there, it's going to be something that's just randomly found.
1: I agree. And in the same time, it shouldn't become... A pressure on everyone to be doing too many things online seriously launching your own project whether it is newsletter an online community uh and an initiative even an initiative to help other people or uh, like me creating some content doing interviews and stuff it's um, it's extremely time consuming. So there shouldn't also be pressure on people to do too much. Okay. To I really love it. Much. You're
0: softening it up. I'm, I'm giving the pressure, but you're giving it a nice Because g- it is it important nice to have
1: an online presence. Like, yes, you, people need to be able to find you. Mm. Uh, you need to have a minimum, just a, a, an up-to-date uh, LinkedIn profile. And, uh, and that is just minimum. Right. But then um, I know that there is a lot of pressure on people to to always do more and more and more. And to be honest, you can't, um, especially if you want to build something or if you're just busy, if you have a job that maybe takes all your time, you don't have the time to manage your social media. I am managing my, my Twitter, like a professional um, uh, Twitter account where I schedule my tweets in advance on the morning. Um, additionally oh, you do that? Like, yeah. mm. And so I definitely don't expect anyone else to do that. Because that's okay. You but wait, wait, to wait. To do spend yeah. Time on but okay,
0: we're talking about people shouldn't do this. People shouldn't do this. But fine. Let's narrow it down to founders. If you're going to be a founder, if you're a CEO, you should be visible. You should have something to say, and you should be saying it, and it should be visible. I would go as far as I'd, I'd claim that.
1: Yes, but once again, what kind of founder are you? And. Uh, uh, okay, from an external perspective, mm. if you're in investors, for example, you will prefer that the founder you invest in focus on the business rather than focus only on the um, public image. So yes, you mm. need to be visible and you are the first point of contact. So. That is great. Uh, if uh, if um, uh, you get invited to podcasts, you talk about, you get interviewed on on, on different uh, articles, and and you get out there. But then it depends on your stage. Like early stage startups, mm-hmm. they are busy, and you know they may be um, like like us right now. We're working on our core technology, and uh, until we have something to show to the world, we are going to keep it low and to keep low profiles out there on what we're building. But because we're also busy just working on it, right, and so I prefer uh from the investor's perspective, I prefer to invest in founders who are just busy right now working sure. on it rather than spending all the time out there um on their own social media and spending all the day on Twitter, like um tweeting everything and anything they're thinking about
0: yeah, so then I guess I guess. We should quantify it, meaning we should put a number on it. I'm thinking it should be, you know, 20% of your time you should spend building your online visibility, your online presence. 80-20, 80% on the work, 20% telling people about it. That's fair. <laughs> what do you mm-hmm. think? You can disagree. I
1: have, yeah, I have to disagree. Um, <laughs> I think it it depends on on the people and sometimes your work speaks for itself. Um,
0: Oh, that's a big question.
1: Yeah. That's a big question I
0: ask all the time. Does the work, is good work, is a good product enough? I say no.
1: It depends on what you're doing, but no, you need to have people to sell it. You need to sell it yourself. Okay. For sure right so there okay is just one so then, way to do it
0: then how come you disagree with 20% because that's a low number
1: well okay 80% so, good
0: work 20% good marketing
1: yeah so I am the CEO of my company mm. and my co-founder is the CTO mm. I do spend lots of time online personally um, and I'm kind of for the the marketing brain um, because he's a CTO so he's definitely technical and i will definitely not ask him to spend 20 percent of his time working on, on his online presence at all and i will never do that because he's mm. extremely good at what i agree i agree with that and i don't want him to spend 20 percent of his time i prefer him to focus on what he's doing the best
0: agreed and agreed that's it yeah agreed but what i what i would say is 20 percent of your time you should be the cmo
1: Yes, because someone has to do it, like in in the company. At some point, you will want to you want to hire someone to manage the uh, um, uh, marketing of the company. But yes, I agree. Someone has to take care of that, um, whatever the stage. Someone has to think about the marketing aspect, the visibility of the company. So I'm just saying that it's not every single founder. You shouldn't force yourself to be active on a specific platform if it's not you. If you're not someone who likes to be on videos, don't start a YouTube channel. If you don't like Twitter, don't be on Twitter or don't be active there. Just keep an eye on what people are saying. Yeah, but then,
0: Um, sure, agreed, you can do all of that. But then just be aware that you're going to be behind the people that are doing it.
1: Maybe, but are there (laughs) competitors? Maybe not.
0: Mm, Maybe not.
1: I don't think everyone should be doing the same thing. I think just everyone should try to find what they're good at. And and yes, communicating about your company, whatever your stage is important. Um, But then not everyone within the company has to do that. Not everyone has to create the same type of content. It's also part of the identity of your company. Are um, you the type of founder who spends lots of time on Twitter? Are you the type of founder who is just fun and posting fun videos? Or, um, you know, it's, it, you have your own personality online, and it's, it's about you, how you want to show that.
0: All right, let me tell you my favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes. You probably don't know it. Um, it's by John D. Rockefeller, And the quote is: "Next to doing the right thing, the most important thing is to let people know you're doing the right thing." Okay, I love that quote. If you think about it, that's from over a hundred years ago, and even then, before social media, right? He what he saw, and he at the time. At the time, he was the rich. I think he still is the richest American who ever lived. So obviously, money isn't everything. But what I'm saying is, you can class him as a successful person. And the quote is: "Next to doing the right thing, the most important thing is to let people know you're doing the right thing." I love that quote because it's not telling you to not do the right thing. It's not saying, "Hey, don't put um, priority." on a quality product. Yes, you do have to build a good product. But the next thing to do after that is you have to tell people about it. You cannot neglect that part. And what I'm seeing is these days, the startups that are successful, they're doing it simultaneously. They're building that they're building that mm, reputation simultaneously as the product is coming. Because now we have... We have the technology, we have the platforms, we have access to all this, which means if you wait until your product is done, in some cases, you might be a little bit too late because somebody else who's built the profile first is gonna be slightly ahead of you.
1: Yeah, um, I, kinda, I kinda agree on the from the business perspective. Um, the quote that you mentioned, I think, it doesn't necessarily apply to everything it it works when you're a business and i completely agree um when you're building a company you it's it's important to to talk about it mm. um, to start sharing the world uh, and and your product won't be perfect anyway until mm. it is in your uh, users hands mm-hmm. and until you can have first feedback so it's all about iterating Absolutely. and being flexible um but something i disagree about your quote is It's just that sometimes, as a human, you need to do the right thing, and you don't need to brag about it. Um, You can mention it, but you shouldn't be bragging necessarily about it because you've done the right thing. You should just do the right thing. But as a company, yes, I completely get the point. Yes.
0: Wait, I like that. I I like how you went to brag, though. Why is it brag? What if? So um, I don't know, man. If if somebody. I don't know, donated a, a load of money and then they tell people. I don't see that as bragging. Whereas other uh, people might do.
1: do yes. Do
0: you see? What do you see?
1: I, I see what you mean. Yeah, there is no no shame to have, but there there is a big trend. And especially right now, we talked about the fact that we are all super connected on social media and yeah. everything. Um, so right now, there is something bad happening with this bubble is that sometimes some people say they are going to do something oh, absolutely. And, yeah. or they want to give an image and so they jump into a trend but they don't really care about it and you know recently there have been a uh, lot of uh, companies making some statements about Black Lives Matter yep. um, which is very important topic and we talked earlier about diversity and, and how well it's, it's about time that we start taking all this seriously but you know, we, we saw lots of uh, companies making some statements saying that they support Black Lives Matter, saying that they are doing things right now to support um, mm, diverse talents yeah. within the company. But when you actually look further, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. nothing. Yeah, sure. And so that's, that's where the limit is. So yes, doing the right thing is important, but then, and, and talking about what you do is important, but then... Um, you don't really want to get into this bubble where you have this image, or you want to say something online, and you know when you really look further, there is nothing there.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So obviously, it goes without saying. Like his quote doesn't include it, but I'm sure he would include and say, "Don't lie, don't exaggerate, you know, don't mislead. Just tell people what you're doing." And I'm fully and with just that.
1: show it, but. but don't yeah, show it. Say but yeah, it, to show <laughs> it. Oh
0: yeah. Okay, we can totally I think that's a nice ending. Now we can show it because we have video and we can show it live. And yes. that's what we should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz when Rockefeller was talking about it, you couldn't show it. I don't think they even invented film cameras yet. So yeah. So back then it was about you got to let people know, tell people and if today, you can show
1: it with visuals, you can show it with words. I mean, there are so many blogging platforms today. Absolutely. And uh, so many other ways to communicate with people, like groups, communities, emails, newsletter. There are many ways to express yourself today and, uh, and to share with the world what you're working on, what you believe in, and what you're doing for what you believe in.
0: Cool. Amandine, merci beaucoup. We found we found a nice agreement at the end. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more interesting when people disagree. Oh man! Than when everyone agrees.
0: I really love when somebody disagrees with me intelligently, and it's like I grow so much from hearing a different point of view, and I love it. There's nothing that I love more than having an intelligent person disagree with me.
1: Yeah, well, I guess that's good. I, I, <laughs> I fall into the box of the intuition people. So totally. That's <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. That was Amandine Flax. F-L-A-C-H-S. Just type her name into Google and your screen will fill up with a whole bunch of ways to connect with her. I'm Tan Le. This is Noticing the Obvious. Thanks for listening.